Board Gaming with Education, a podcast for anyone curious about how games and education mix. We explore various topics like game-based learning, gamification, and board games, and the impacts they have on learning. Here's your host, Dustin Stats. Coming up, we have another interview episode of Board Game with Education, where we talk to Matt Pinchuk about all of board games. This is his Montreal-based company, where he provides extracurricular activities with board games. They plan a lot of awesome events. They did some really cool board game design programs this last spring, but with the pandemic, things have kind of shifted for them, and we talk a little bit about that in the episode. Be sure to listen in to hear about his philosophy when it comes to providing these enrichment programs and why these types of programs are important. Before we hop into today's conversation, we have a couple updates from Board Game with Education. First update is our game-based lesson development course. That is happening right now. You can enroll in the course for 20% off for being a member of our podcast community. You are a member of our community just by tuning in to this episode. So happy to have you listening in. And for that, we are offering you a 20% discount to our course. And if you go to the show notes, you'll find the course about game-based lesson design. So I walk you through the process of developing a lesson into a game-based lesson. So you can check that out in the show notes and use the coupon code 20 BGE games for your 20% off discount. Update number two, boardgamingwitheducation.com is turning into an online marketplace for teachers and educators and homeschoolers. So check out our website, boardgamingwitheducation.com. You'll find some new games up there. We are in a pre-order phase, depending on when you're listening to this episode, we might've launched the website in order for you to go in and order some games. One of our first products is Nerd Words, which is a great science-based board game that you can transform one of your activities for your science classrooms into a game-based lesson. The game's great because we also provide some resources on how to implement the game in your classroom, whether that's a virtual classroom or a classroom that you need to have safe distancing measures in place or if you're doing some sort of hybrid structure. So check out NerdWords on BoardGameWithEducation.com. And because of these updates, we have an announcement that is not as exciting because we are going to be taking a short-term hiatus between Season 9 and Season 10. So this will be the last episode for Season 9. But don't worry, we will be back in about four to six weeks, and you will likely hear an episode or two from us before then. Our content just will not be consistently released on Mondays again until we start season 10. So stay tuned for that. And one last thing before we get into the episode. I hope you are starting your school year off safe and strong. If you've already started, hope your classes are going well. If you're starting a plan, I hope you're thinking about how you can really improve your instruction this year and maybe consider some game-based instruction If you have any questions about game-based learning or any of our updates, you can reach out to us at podcast at boardgamewitheducation.com. All right, so let's, let's get into the conversation. Welcome to another episode of Board Game with Education. I am thrilled to be joined by another guest today. 
And this is Matt Pinchuk from All Aboard Games. He's the business owner at All Aboard Games. And I learned something. We were chatting a little bit about him, or maybe not a fun fact about him, but more his cousin. He is the host of Epic Mealtime. And what is Epic Mealtime? What is Epic Mealtime? It's a, a cooking show, an online cooking show. Maybe the the original online cooking show of absurdity and uh, massive disgusting creations. <laughs> I looked, I did a quick Google search and it looked like there's a big massive burrito. And that was one of the first things that came up. <laughs> many massive items. <laughs> so they just cook that huge burrito and then just uh, share it with others or is it like a couple guys that eat it? It's sort of like they combine their love of fast food with authentic cooking and they come up with these concoctions where they'll you know put a whole bunch of junior bacon cheeseburgers on a pizza wrap it in more dough stuff it in between homemade gigantic buns and then eat it so it's kind of crazy <laughs> that sounds like something i would really like yeah. i think my wife <laughs> wouldn't enjoy that <laughs> Awesome. So Matt, would you mind just telling us a little bit more about yourself and your background? Sure. Yeah. So I was originally, my first career, I should say, was as a uh, genetic toxicologist for a uh, preclinical contract research organization. Essentially what I did was, you know, I would do studies for pharmaceutical companies to you know, determine whether or not their, their drugs were, had the potential to cause genetic damage. Did that for eight years, and then decided to quit and, uh, you know, follow something I was more passionate about. Not that I'm not passionate about science, but kids specifically, education, board games, those things combined, just made me want to attempt something different. And that's what I did when I started All Aboard Games about uh, two, two and a half years ago. That's awesome. And I'm excited to learn more about your program, especially because it's something I'm super interested in. So I'm curious to pick your brain a little bit more. Before we get into all board games, can you tell us about a time that you learned something through a game? Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's funny. The whole idea behind board games and education for me is or the, the thing that pushed me towards that was the fact that I just love learning games in general. Like, I would prefer reading a rule book to a novel, you know? So, so, so right away, it's that whole learning experience that keeps me uh, interested in board games. If you're talking about something a bit more specific, like what a game has taught me, I, I would say that I didn't know much about a number of wars and battles throughout history and playing modern style war games, simulations, really got me interested in, you know, learning about specific tactics or histor historical figures. And it kind of just pushed me to start reading all this history about all these famous battles and, and different wars around, uh, from, from our past. So that's it. It just it kind of drives the learning process for me, whether it's just reading the rule books and getting that kind of, you know, that fix almost for me. Or whether it's more specific and, you know, you're learning about specific times in history uh, from war games and other historical based games. So do you have a favorite either 
learning experience through a specific war game or do you have a favorite war game or favorite historical game? I would say my favorite historical game would be The Virgin Queen. It's it's a beast of a game, but the whole idea behind the Habsburgs and the Ottoman Empire and all the other and, and France and everybody involved during that time just the, the stories that came out of that game are, are incredible. And going back and learning more and learning the details and why, you know, why the designer chose this card to do this in the game and why are the Ottomans so strong here and why, you know, why the Habsburgs have so much difficulty marrying their 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 kids off. Like everything just it's so in, encompassing and it and and I would say that definitely my favorite game and the thing that I've the game that's taught me the most about something that's super awesome I love when history games or war games make theme integral to the actual history of the game or the history of the event I think they would I think they also like for me war games especially I think they do it better than most games just just because they have so much material to go on and so many so many details and and it always just feels like you're really simulating that battle or that or that or that war compared to you know some euro style games trying to simulate trading in the mediterranean or something like that you know right right and when did you first get into board games so that was about more than 20 years ago i guess i think it was when when agricola was first released because that was the first modern board game I ever tried. It was introduced to me. My brother had it. He was kind of a little bit more into modern board games than I was. And he's like, oh, you got to try this. It's really quite cool. And like most people that aren't used to playing board games, I was a little hesitant, but I did it anyways. And I was like, this is, this is unbelievable. I, you know, the stress that I felt playing that game <laughs> was awesome the fact that I was in control of my decisions was awesome. And I was hooked, like immediately hooked. And I just started collecting and playing like crazy. Right. I think that that you made a good point there is when, at least for me, and it seems like for others too, that player autonomy in modern board games is a big eye opener because you're used to Monopoly where you're just rolling and the dice kind of decide the game for you. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, you see that. I mean, if, anytime you introduce a non-gamer to, you know, one of these modern style games, you you see it, you see that aha moment where they realize that as well. And it's like, it's huge for them because then you've got them. They're engaged and they're hooked and it's, and they're having fun and it's, that's what you're going for, right? Right. So, I have a really good question that I kind of talked about before we hopped on the podcast. But before we get there, you started all aboard games. What made you decide to switch from hobby to business? Well, I was wondering, you know, there's my kids are are, are pretty young. They're in uh, elementary school or primary school, and there's a lot of like after school activities, and they're all like sports related. Or there's always chess. You know, chess is always a popular thing. And I just was wondering, I was wondering to myself, you know, is there a way I can bring board games into the schools as an activity for the kids after school? That was the, that was the thing that, that got me started. 
And I'm lucky enough that I, my mother is a daycare coordinator at one of the schools uh, nearby. So it was easy for me to try and test this theory. You know, will the kids like it? Will I be able to teach this many students at a time? So I just tried it. They loved it, <laughs> obviously. And I just went from there and, 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 and expanded it to see what other programs I could use to build the business up. What other, you know, maybe just not, not just school, but what other venues I could look at or avenues I could look at to, to, to try and grow the company. And I just love, you know, teaching kids and I love board games. Just, it was just a perfect, perfect mix, you know, and just could I implement it or not? And once I figured out that I could, it was that it was just a, a snowball from there. So what was the first game or games that you implemented when you started the program? And are those games still kind of your go-to when you introduce the program to new schools? So the first game I ever tried, and I've tried a lot, and not all of them work. The first game that I ever tried was a game called uh, Ink and Gold. Have you ever played that game? Yeah, that, that's a that's a good one. I like yeah. it. Yeah. So for, for for me, it was a whole the whole idea of it's a it's a big group. I can get eight players to sit down, so I don't I didn't need a lot of copies. I love the educational component, the kind of risk, the probability assessment, the the simple math, and I I just really wanted to try it and see if it worked. The theme was very good as well, and it was like immediate, you know, as soon as they realized that it was a simple game to play, you know, you're making that one simple decision every round or every turn, they were totally engaged in it. And then they were, then you started seeing really cool stuff, really making really cool observations about how they would just do the math without being prompted. And that was big for me. I, I you know, kids always push back when things feel like work, but because it didn't feel like work and it was fun, they were they were willing to 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 do it and uh, not complain about it. And so, yeah, so the Ink and Gold was the first one I tried, and it worked super well. And it's definitely it's still in the uh, the library, and it's it's usually the game I'll I'll use to demo the program in a school that I haven't been to yet because it just because it works so well and it's it's an immediate you can you can the teachers can see the the impact and and the use of it immediately right and for anyone not familiar with ink and gold it's kind of a i guess like you said you have one choice each round and it's do you decide to go into the temple to get more gold or artifacts or do you go back to your camp and take back what you had already found i think that if i'm explaining that right i don't yeah, know if i'm missing anything no it's pretty much it you're just kind of assessing each round you have to make a new assessment of a new risk assessment, right? The, you got to look at the probabilities of whether or not you're going to lose all, everything you found or what is everyone else going to do? So it's just this constant analysis. And uh, yeah, it's like a push your luck uh, type game. Awesome. And the question that I'm, I'm super curious about, and I think a lot of people listening might be too, because either they are a teacher and they know board games are educational, they know they're a great tool for the classroom, a great tool for learning, or they're a teacher and they have no idea why board games would be educational. What do you pitch to a teacher that maybe is, thinks of board games as monopoly or clue? And how do you pitch modern board games as a program? So the, the, the first thing I usually do is I ask them if they've ever played any modern board games. Majority of them will say no. 
I say, what's the last board game you've played? Majority of them will say something like Monopoly or Risk or Uno, one of those. And I'll I'll pick any of the games that they say and I'll I'll actually I'll ask them, you know, what do you do on your turn? And they'll tell me. So for instance, Monopoly. So the first thing you do is roll the die. And I'll say, yeah, that's great. So you've rolled the die. And then what do you do? And they say, well, I'm, I move that many spaces. And I go, okay, yeah, that's true. You move that many spaces. And, and then, then what do you do? And they say, well, if someone owns the property I landed on, I have to pay them money. And I go, great. And then your turn is over? And they go, yeah. And I say, so you, you did not make a single decision in a game, which kind of defeats the purpose of calling it a game. So I start with that to kind of just pique their interest and make them understand that what I'm talking about are authentic games that have at their at their at their forefront like you said before autonomy you know player autonomy i get to choose what i'm going to do how do i make these decisions i have to continuously look at all the parameters or all the variables so i'll I'll kind of explain that to them and then i'll and then i'll give them specific examples about games we use like i'll talk about dmr so it's more not so much a pitch as it is a give them an eye opener and sort of conversation format. But when I talk to school boards, it's a little bit more formal. And I, I, I really kind of go through all the games that we use and explain to them, you know, why, why does this game or what, what can this game be used for? What criteria from the curriculum does it hit? Does it, is it cross-curricular? Is it... Uh, associated with deep learning? Is it associated with STEM? So really, it's the pitch is never the same, unfortunately. <laughs> like I told you before, I've gone through many iterations of it. And for me, it just works best as can I just talk to these people? Can I show them that I'm passionate about board games and passionate about teaching kids? And then can I just get into, can I just get through the door? I know that if I can get through the door, then and they see it and the kids see it i know i'm going to i'm going to i'm going to get them excited about this and i'm going to i'm going to i'm going to prove to them that this is something that they can use so like we've said before you know it's just explaining the board games modern board games to non gamers is some sometimes kind of futile but as soon as you can get them to play it or get them to see it then it's a whole different story awesome and i i was checking out the website all aboard gameskids.com and I noticed four parts that you have like why games matter modern board games deep learning and tech free I think these are like four really important points and so why did you start the program and then how did you kind of decide to focus on these four things as reasons for bringing the program into schools so I I, I think a, a really crucial factor about board games that it's tech free is big for families these days. I think a lot of there's been a lot of focus on you know screen time, and how to how to moderate it, and and what can we do instead. <laughs> so that's always an easy an easy way to explain the benefits of board games by eliminating screen time, giving the kids something else to do that's most of the time a lot more beneficial to them. So we always talk about that in terms of deep learning. So there are what's called new pedagogies for deep learning, and they focus on, it's what they call the six C's of deep learning, cooperation, communication, character development, all of these things, all these factors that a lot of 
schools, at least in my city, have been focusing on as of as of late. So it was really easy to tick the boxes for these six C's and say how, why board games can help to develop those, uh, let's call them competencies. So that was really, really easy in it, to make those connections. The modern board games pit idea is simply, you know, when you talk to a school or when you talk to a, a parent or something and you, you, if you just say board games, well, they're immediately going to think about the, you know, classic, more traditional board games. And I really want them to know that this is not what we're doing. Like that's first, first and foremost, like we are not going to be playing Monopoly with your kids. I, I don't, I don't want the school to make a contract with us <laughs> so that the kids can play the same games that they ha- have been collecting dust in their own closets. You know, it's not worth it. So that was an, an important point to, to make as well as why games matter. So like I said, I think it's kind of what I've been saying the whole time. If you think about your day, I mean, your day as an adult or kids' days, they're always trying to find a game to play. We are. We do it all the time. We, you, 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 you want to throw you know, a crumpled piece of paper out. You don't just bring it to the garbage. No, you try and toss it in, right? See if you can make it. So we're always trying to find ways to game and what you know teachers at, at least here and and it's not widespread yet but they want to try and use games in terms of education but they don't know how so this is us saying well we can help you we can we can we can show you we can do it with the kids we can you can learn from it so it's it's simply you know trying to prove to, to whoever's reading that that this is what games can do they can help to develop some of the most positive aspects of someone's cognition or personality or whatever. So that's, that's why uh, that section is in there too. Awesome. And you mentioned ink and gold as the first game and kind of maybe a go-to, do you have, do you have a personal favorite that you like to use in your program? It depends what age group. So if you said, you know, uh, here it's uh, kindergarten to grade uh, two is one of our age ranges. And for that, for that group, uh, I've seen the most success and the most fun with uh, Concept Kids Animals. For the older kids, it's tough. It's really tough because sometimes what I think is an amazing game might not be <laughs> what the kids think is the best game in the, in the program. A lot of kids will, they love Rhino Hero Super Battle just because oh, of the yeah. visuals, right? It's just, and it's just fun to build and it's simple. But then you play... You know, I've had a lot of good response from the older kids, like grades four to six, even some high school kids, like Catan Junior. It's perfect. They've never, they've never played a game like this. Uh, you know, they get to trade with each other. They get to build things. Uh, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just something they've never seen. So I, I love that. I love, I love putting a game like that out in front of them and watching them just indulge almost. So yeah, so I would say Concept Kids animals for the younger groups and then a game like Catan Jr. just because it's so smooth and, and, and so engaging for the older kids. Really awesome. So Matt, before we head into our final segment, would you have any words of advice to either, well, I guess maybe a teacher that wants to use games in their classroom or bring their games and share games with their students? Sure. So <laughs> I've always found that if, you, if your students aren't used to you using games and all of a sudden you want to try and, you know, 
uh, drop this board game on them, you might, you're going to get some pushback, you know, because they think board games are something completely different than what we think they are. So number one, push through that, get the game on the table, because we know that as soon as they start playing, if it's a good game, if you're confident, uh, you know, about its use, then they're going to follow your lead and they're going to love it. They're going to enjoy the experience. So it's mostly just about pushing them past that sticking point uh, that, I, that I think kids will show you a little bit of hesitation and, and probably start with like a, a light style party game, something that the whole class can play, like Telestrations is perfect just to give them a taste of something. And then, you know, tr- just try different games. It depends how you want to do it, right? I mean, I don't think a lot of teachers will have multiple copies of the same games like we do. So it's just how do you implement it? How do you teach to a small group of kids, uh, or do you want to teach to your whole class, or is it going to be a you know whole yeah is it going to be like a whole class game? It really depends. It really depends. I I don't know what the, for us the easiest way is to have multiple copies and have everyone play the same game, and that seems to work the best. But if a teacher wanted to do it and wanted to do it in smaller groups, yeah, I I, I uh, suggest. Just do it. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's board games are weird like that. You got to just play them. <laughs> you got to just play them to really understand everything about them. How, the rules, how they work, just the whole hobby itself. Like you got to play them. So just get the kids to play whatever games you want, whatever games you think will be good. That's some awesome advice. Just get the, get the game on the table. Yeah, it's simple, <laughs> but that's it. <laughs> I think you make a good point too about just pushing through it and putting it on the table because I think about when I play and when I play with my friends or family and once it's on the table, you kind of, your eyes just kind of get wider, you know, and you kind of start playing around with the components and you're already interested when that box opens up and the components spill onto the table. Yeah. And you gotta, you gotta always understand kids are so different when it comes to learning a board game compared to adults. And I've seen this, like I've, I've made these observations over and over again, a, a, a kid, a student will, as long as you give them enough information to get them started, they will start to play. They will not make the right decisions. They'll make mistakes, but they'll start to play. And an adult will not. They want to know the, you know, every single consequence to their actions. They want to make sure that they understand the victory conditions perfectly and that, and that kind of makes it harder for a teacher to teach if that was the case. But kids are so ready and willing when you say, let's play a game. Oh, this is it. This looks cool. How do I play? You tell them the very basics and they just start, you know? I, I've seen it over and over again. Kids, they forget the victory conditions, but they don't care. Only like 20 minutes into the game, they're like, hey, Mr. Matt, how do you win again? But the whole time they couldn't care less. They just wanted to play. <laughs> So it gives you the indication that they're ready and willing. So if you get it on the table, they'll they'll, they'll be they'll they'll be down to try it. Right. The, I mean, that you. That's so true. It's like as adults, we need to know every little rule and minute detail before we can buy in and start playing the game. I, I've learned as I've started playing more and more games that I kind of just I just want to experiment the first time I play the game and just not worry too much about all the rules. Just figure out what the game's about. All right, Matt, we're going to head into our final segment round. This is a thumbs up, thumbs down, quick lightning round. So 
I'll give you a statement and you give me a thumbs up if you like it and then a brief explanation why or <laughs> thumbs down if you don't like it and a brief explanation why. All right. All right. So the first one, you mentioned rule books. Are you a rule books in bed kind of guy? All right. Thumbs up. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I have a pile of rule books that are scattered throughout my house and I just... I'll just read them. I won't even play the game after. <laughs> I'll literally <laughs> read them, be like, oh, okay, I think I understand this. Uh, I get it. Uh, okay, cool. And then I'll put it away. <laughs> That's awesome. I think, I think you take it to a little bit further level than I myself. Know. But yeah, awesome. The next one is flavor text in games. And flavor text, for anyone not familiar, is just extra text that doesn't really influence the game, but tells you maybe the history of a character in the game. Yeah, so that's a thumbs down for me, believe it or not. I'm not the most imagined. I'm very analytical. That might be like, you know, like my, my, based on my background. I like the way games function. And I'm the guy that's like never reading the flavor text because for me, it doesn't work. But I have been getting more into it by running these programs and, and the kids with the kids because they love it. But for me, it's a thumbs down. All right. And the next one and the last one, it's because of your name of your company, All Board Games. How about Train Games? Train Games. Uh, thumbs up. Yeah, thumbs up. I, uh, I, like, I like Ticket to Ride. I wouldn't say I love it, but I do really enjoy playing 18xx games. Steam. Yeah, thumbs up. Awesome. Yeah, I haven't played many train games, but Ticket to Ride is a definitely like an easy family game. It's, I mean, it's a trick-taking game, and that's kind of a familiar mechanic for a lot of people. Awesome, Matt. So thank you so much for sharing some insights and teaching us a bit about your program. If someone wanted to reach out to you or if there's any schools in, you're in Montreal, right? I'm in Montreal, yeah. Montreal area. How can they find you? How can they reach you? And are you working on anything else with All Aboard Games? Uh, so yeah, so if they uh, want to reach me, they can contact us through the website at allaboardgameskids.com. Also check out our Facebook page, our uh, Instagram page, both All Aboard Games. Anything we're working on now, we did at the before, before the pandemic kind of started, we were attempting to <laughs> do uh, a Dungeons and Dragons program, which many of my friends told me would be impossible to do in the format that I wanted. So that's 20 kids, one DM. <laughs> and uh, I proved them wrong. It worked just fine. Oh, awesome. <laughs> but uh, it was pretty complicated. And, uh, and, you know, it's one thing to have someone that's an expert at Dungeons and Dragons running it. But we don't necessarily hire experts in Dungeons and Dragons. So we'll see where it goes. Uh, other than that, the board game design program this year was uh, incredible. The reception from the schools and school boards and teachers and it was uh, was amazing. I have never seen so many awesome creations from these kids. Like we have, we have like over a hundred games to look at and judge now. Um, and it was uh, it was really cool. And we hope to we hope to keep pushing that element more than anything else in the coming years. Yeah, that was awesome. I remember seeing some pictures on Facebook and it looked really cool. They're so good. They're so, Dustin, they're so amazing to see when they create these games. Uh, their themes are always ridiculous, which is awesome. And it's, it's funny how they, 
how they work through the design process in such a short period of time and actually end up with a somewhat functional game. They're not always perfect, right, but right. they do. You know that they've learned something. So uh, the the process the process works, and uh, and and I think they've they've walked away with something uh, special and unique there. Well, awesome, Matt. Thank you so much again for sharing your insights on the show. Thank you. Thank you for listening in this week. If you like what you heard, be sure to let us know. You can find us on social media as Board Gaming with Education or BGE Games, or email us at podcast at boardgamingwitheducation.com. If you want to support our podcast, be sure to check out our support page on our website. As always, teach better, learn more, and most importantly, play more. Thank you for listening, and until next time.